Hi there, it's Tim Lou from Foolproof here. Today I'm joined by Ronnie Batista. Ronnie Batista's practice lead for Experience Design at Slalom Consulting. He also co-created uh, a program for Experience Design at Rutgers University. It's my pleasure to say hello to Ronnie Batista. Hey Tim, how are you? I'm very well, mate. How the devil are you? Uh, always great to talk to you. Long time. I can't wait to see you soon. Uh, it'll be. I'm, I'm really looking forward to Amsterdam, Ronnie. Uh, so this seri- video series that we're doing is really. It's a conversation that we hope we'll um, have ongoing, which is really to talk about experience design and experience design strategy. And you're my second, uh, my second person I'm speaking to. So thanks very much for giving us some time. I think that where I'd probably start is on your LinkedIn profile. I think you describe yourself as an experience design strategist. Could you describe what experience design strategy is and what you do? Sure. Um, that's a great question because we're often asked, especially when you you know consider user experience, customer experience, service design, experience design product design, uh, what is the strategy thing? Because again, strategy is often an overused term. Um, The way I want to make sure that we um, frame the experience in business is is really at at the highest level, Uh, starting with what is the business strategy? Oftentimes, uh, our field, um, which is... uh, filled with some some great folks but a lot of it is is really a, a more of a, a focus on what is the what is the the UI look like what's the experience of a particular product like i mean even at the stage of you know what's the what's the end to end journey which is a little bit more you know on the strategy side but i think ultimately you know the first questions we should be asking um, our companies and our clients when we're working with them is, you know, what is the business problem you're trying to solve? Uh, what is the business strategy you're trying to realize? Uh, is it, you know, top line growth? Is it bottom line productivity savings? Is it entering new markets? Is it growing your existing customer base? Uh, is it enhancing and improving shareholder value? There's lots of those questions that I think that strategy uh, really deals with my view of experience design and, and strategy is that um, first and foremost we need to be at that table uh, at the big table in the beginning to make sure that um, what those business goals and values and and and, and um, KPIs are are aligned to uh, the customers employees the audience that they're serving. It's a big job. It's a big job. And so when you when you think about uh, experience uh, design strategy. I guess what does that look like as a process, and what are the components of that? So, again, I think one of the first pieces is is having a solid understanding of where the, of the current business climate. Um, you know, certainly reviewing the financials, uh, reviewing um, effectively what the people talk about five to ten year plans don't exist anymore. But really, what is the sort of the eighteen to thirty six month plan? Uh, you know, for an organization, and then um, making sure that there is an understanding across those at the table from the business side, finance, product, operations, marketing, HR, um, that there is a, a solid, agreed, and aligned understanding of what 
any changes, be they technical process, people-wise, how that is going to be framed in the larger understanding of what the customer experience is. Ultimately, this all rolls down to customers. So even if it's an employee-based project, right, those employees are in service of customers. So um, one of the, so the, the upfront things we want to do is make sure that we have a good understanding of what those typical customer segments are via personas, um, uh, and then take those and as best as possible, frame out the end-to-end -end experience and be able to talk to uh, what, you know, again, the typical journey map things, right? What are, what are the, the, the touch points, the channels, the processes, obviously the thinking and feeling pieces, and certainly where possible um, underpinning that with the technology that's supporting this end-to-end -end experience. So um, even more from an ecosystem mapping perspective, really thinking about what a service blueprint would look like. Um, that to me is, um, you know, in terms of being able to, um, to, to start an engagement, that's one of the first things that I would advocate you, um, you know, you undertake. Yeah, I, I, I pretty much start most projects with those, with those elements or those, those steps. I guess what are the conditions for creating a, uh, an experience design strategy that's going to take? I mean, I think I read somewhere that less than 10% of strategies ever get executed on. Yeah. I think, well, what, what, in your experience, what are the conditions or the, you know, is it a business maturity thing or responsibility? What, what are the things that really, really help um, strategy take hold? Well, it's, it's a, that is a, a, a great question that, that um, the answer itself could, could go on for a very long time. I think your, that question is, is, is framing the crux of, I think, what, is one of the largest challenges um, because I don't think that anything that we do um, on its face, we could show to anybody and they wouldn't get and be like, yeah, that's great. We should do that. Um, the execution of that um, is usually where it goes, where things go wrong. There's a lot of reasons. Um, I would, I would stay, I would say that, you know, there, there are technical limitations, right? People might just be, you know, mired to a legacy system that while they'd love to get off of it, they can't. So, you know, you've got to kind of um, uh, do your best to, to get the most horsepower out of that. There are um, basically just industry challenges, specific industries, um, you know, have been doing the same thing for a very long time. Uh, it's a challenge for them to be able to move around that, most notably in, in um, industries like healthcare and financial services, which have highly regulatory and compliance-based things that prevent them from maybe doing the best they can do um, in providing a customer experience. But if I was to really um, boil it up to one thing that I have seen um, consistently uh, across all industries in terms of the, the relative success and failure rate, it's around true um, cultural transformation. Um, having the executive, um, the, the, the C-suite, Invested, engaged, and in believing in this is is really I, I think the most important recipe to success. Um, and I'll just add on top of that that it's one thing it, if a CX transformation is considered a program, so something that has a start and end date with a certain amount of money, and then we're going to get there within three months, six months without setting appropriate guardrails around short-term wins, really long-term goals. Um, once again, you know, even the, the best intended um, efforts are really going to be at risk for, for not taking root 
if it's not something that's followed through. I mean, I, I couldn't, agree, couldn't agree more. And I do think that's at the heart of actually the big challenge for people like you and I who are trying to do this job, actually, and trying to help organisations is it's all very well and good to come up with the vision and even the roadmap. And look, this is, guys, just do this. Is actually that plan's going to have to change because of the nature. The world's just become more unpredictable. You know, I think that's probably the big theme that I'm sort of seeing because all of the sectors that we deal with here. And so the people in the organisation have to be prepared for change and being able to adjust and adapt. So the strategy in itself can't do that. Actually, they have to build up the muscles and the skills to be able to, to do that. I mean, I think, have you sort of, um, sort of experienced in your work uh, where you've been able to kind of affect or nudge or even just have a kind of a a little bit of impact around culture and working practices. Yeah, I mean, so um, th- there's a, a particular client that I work with that um, has made a very significant investment um, in um, in a in a customer centric organization. Um, the the interesting piece is that there is still a little bit of a challenge in. Um, making that connection because again this is an organization that is you know again being viewed by some as you know the the next flavor of of three years of customer-centric thinking um uh, uh, one of the one of the small ways um that that i'm trying to help affect some change there is just helping make connections at the team level uh within the organization so there is some degree of understanding of their language, understanding of, of their challenges, understanding most notably um, of how they're incented um, and making sure that folks have those understandings across teams. I think one of the big things we know, and you know, I, I believe um, you're reading a, a book that, that, um, uh, that, uh, that I got a lot of uh, mileage out of and, and value out of, which was Team of Teams by Stanley McChrystal, um, is, is really that idea of embedding um, folks from different um, backgrounds uh, and, and sort of views of the same elephant and allowing time for those teams to sort of learn from each other and build that trust. Um, we are in an extremely, you know, competitive and fast moving environment where, you know, traditional companies are being you know, um, upended by upstarts that come in without any of the institutional baggage. So people have a general sense as, as they do, you know, throughout the, the the decades. But I think more so now that I've seen is a sense of anxiety about kind of what their role is and how they're going to be um, considered a valuable member of, a, of an organization moving, you know, at, at greater, uh, greater velocity. And so finding ways to have people feel um, that they can look left and look right and that everyone is sort of marching in service together, I think is a big key. So um, long-winded way to say I'm, I'm really trying to find ways to um, just say, hey, you know, I know you're working on this, you know, this particular uh, project or app or something. You know, you might want to just liaise with X person in marketing and just sort of share and maybe get some of their ideas and just start a little bit of that bottom-up cultivate cultivation of um uh of 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 various teams within an organization 
Uh, Ronnie, and I want to say thank you for uh, letting me know about that book. I mean, there's a couple of ideas in there that really, really resonated with me. To sort of pick up from what you've been saying, this sort of idea that people need purpose and trust. You know, we need to be... This sort of uh, hierarchical organisation, sort of industrial age organisation that most of the big corporates probably that I, I work with and that you work with doesn't work actually now in the age of digital. And so actually people need a sense of purpose and empowerment and trust. And this idea of extreme transparency. You know, everyone can see the same information and knowledge can't be kind of a you know, the, the, the basis of your power and organisation is a really powerful idea and actually starting to even inform actually how I might even talk about practice here. Um, I mean, why do you think experience design and experience design strategy seems to be of its time now? I mean, sort of, I think we started talking, having this conversation probably about five or six years ago, Ronnie, but, it, but really in the last couple of years, I do think there's been some things happen in the world that's really put us to the forefront as a as a potential you know sort of solution to some of the problems that we're having in society yeah i mean so it's interesting you know i i think and again i think that's you you and i are both um you know taking away a lot of those um uh, the elements of this book but but i think experience design and, and again we have we have these conversation many years i think the reason that experience design is is particularly well placed for the changing business environment is because our focus is our focus is again on that customer and again i always you know none of these phrases that we throw out but no business exists without a customer right and and you know the fact is 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 unless somebody is buying something from your company you're not a company you're out of business right so by us being able to say, you know, marketing, I know you're trying to reach this to reach your goals and, and digital impressions, whatever. We know you have business goals around this, but ultimately it's because we want to get more customers or, or you know, again, achieve this business goal. Operations, you need to keep, you know, this running at, at, at some degree of profitability, et cetera, et cetera. But this is all because we're trying to run a business that's serving our customers. So I, I like to look at us as that very um, neutral, but you know, advocate level for the customer that crosses different parts of the organization that allows us to be, I can come in and, and again, it's, it's, it's why I always think is we have the easiest job in the world is I, you know, I, I twice a week, I'll say to somebody like, I know you think that they want the purple button and I know she thinks they want the green button. I don't think either of you matter. I think what we, what we need to do is Ask your customers, ask your employees, what do they want? So it, it, it allows us, it's, it's a bit of a, um, it, it, it provides a little bit of um, what I'd call, um, like, a, it's just a neutrality, I think, that says this, this isn't about, you know, um, this isn't about what, what my goal is, this is about our customer's goal. Do you know, I think um, this idea of so some, some sort of post-shareholder value creation uh, sort of the era of shareholder value creation is coming to an end this needs to be something after that I think really speaks to that in in terms of <clears throat> I mean what really sort of marks you know Ronnie we've known each other for many years 
And I think what marks you out as a leader within the industry is the amount of time and energy uh, that you've put back into the industry in terms of uh, developing practice, professionalising in the industry, and also, um, uh, you know, helping that next generation of designers and strategists and researchers build up skills that are useful to businesses and organisations. What are the big skills or what are the big areas for skills development that you you see are required to sort of meet this very big challenge now for experience design and experience design strategists? So um, I'd, I'd probably answer that two ways. One is um, beyond our field. Um, I, I think there is the, the need to cross-train the basics of experience design, understanding the importance of strategy, research, design, evaluation throughout an organization. You know, at Slalom, one of the things that we do, um, which I'm, I'm particularly proud of, is in teaching the Rutgers course, you know, early on, my conversations with my leadership in New York was, you know, um, when I came to this field, I was a business analyst and was sort of turned on to the field because um, I was seeing that we were putting systems in that, and really weren't talking to the actual people. So, you know, in our, in, in slalom, we've got, you know, folks that are, that are um, information management analytics. We've got folks in the delivery leadership space, organizational effectiveness, custom development. And part of my thinking is let's not just have the UX team or the XD team that come in and do this. Let's try to, um, get folks from each of these various practices to come and take the Rutgers course to kind of get their feet wet in not so much the specific, you know, templates, but it really just teaching the fundamentals of how to start thinking differently. So when we come into a room that we don't have to have a long conversation convincing people um, of why this is important, that it's sort of embedded in, in how we think. So uh, I do think that there is a broader education effort to bring experience design to those that don't do that quote unquote you know for their day job i think for the experienced designers uh and the and and, and researchers the strategists ias um prototype folks this entire field would be um i, I think needs it's, it's hard to say other than to elevate beyond um you know, to be to really be able to look left and right to where they're charged with experience. Um, again, you know, when we think about that journey map, right, we get so very good at, I think we've gotten so good at focusing on building the one thing, you know, the, the, the iPhone, the, the iPhone, um, uh, the app, the, 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 the IoT devices, that these are all really, um, they're great, and obviously they're they're getting a lot of uptick, um, and 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 people are engaging with them. But I I like to think maybe a little bit um, a little bit more aspirational that in doing all of this that um, we're sort of hyper connected yet, and I think Theo Forbath just wrote a really great article about this on LinkedIn. But we're we're so interconnected yet in in some ways we feel more lonely um, than ever, and if our job um, much to my um, uh, the, the Ten Commandments of uh, of, uh, of uh, XD strategy um, is is really you know 
that we're about humans and we're about making lives better and enriching lives. And I think that um, in some ways, um, while we've focused on very specific things that make our lives easier, faster, quote unquote, more connected, I think those that are in this field that are thinking more strategically um, about the, that bigger picture need to, to really even take out beyond um, um, the products and the services and the companies and sort of think about how we can start to embrace um, larger elements of exper creating experiences within humanity. Um, again, I, I know it seems a bit lofty, but I do think that as, you know, as social issues become more embedded in the fabric of organizations, that the millennial population, you know, known and, and you know, for their idea of it's not about the, you know, it's not about the money, it's about the cause, it's about, I think that we all need to kind of take a step back and say, what does that mean? And how can we, using our craft and using our understanding of humans and how they interact with one another, elevate the roles that we have in ways that can bring us together, um, you know, certainly in uh, today's day and age where it, we just seem to be um, getting more and more tribal in our conversations, more and more um, bubbled in the kinds of things that we're doing. And, and if we want to solve problems within companies and within the world, um, I think we, we have a, we have a, a, a beautiful vocation to, to get us um, being part of um, getting a, a broader sense of communitas within, within the world. That's a, it's a great idea. Could you sort of explain a little bit more about this idea of communitas? Yeah, and, and um, you know, I, I think it's something that, that it's a word that I just, that I stumbled into that, that existed for years. Victor Turner is a, a cultural anthropologist, and he did many of those studies of, um, you know, tribes and sort of how they interact with one another. And, you know, it, it, it's certainly in the music industry. It's certainly, you know, when you look at, some of the marches that have gone on on both sides of the political spectrum. Um, there's a sense that when people are in the same location, um, experiencing the same thing at the same time, there's a sense of, um, of belonging and communality that doesn't, I don't think we get, although, you know, we can see our friends on Facebook, etc. There's something about um, the equality that comes from that. And, and um, you know, having been to a bunch of concerts uh, last summer and, and planning to do a bunch of them now, I, you know, I, I really had that strong sense of um, connection when you would see people that for all intents and purposes are going to get, you know, in a car with a Trump sticker and a, and a Clinton sticker at the time, right, and be diametrically opposed on just about everything, unfollow each other on Facebook and, you know, not ever have a word nice to say about each other, but we're literally linked arm in arm singing the same song, um, you know, that, that they brought with them from their past, but there was a connectivity there that I just thought was, was really powerful. And it just makes me think about, you know, certainly that's a very physical presence type of communitas, but I, I just wonder, um, when you think about the memories and, and, and experiences that people have in life, that, that, that there's not too many products um, that you can look at and say, boy, I'll never forget the first time I did X. Um, but you'll, you'll never forget that concert, um, that event you were at, that, um, that, that time when you and others were together doing something. Those are the memories. Those are the things. That's the value in life that we draw from. And I just think that um, 
uh, I, I think that there's opportunity uh, for companies um, to find ways to do that. Again, depending on the company, it might be a little easier, you know, for a, a, a music company, right, to do that than maybe somebody that's selling sort of industrial cleaners. That said, um, I think that we need to start turning our view towards where those might exist. I, I really like the idea of communitas describing that feeling of an organization discovering its mojo together. You know, that, that for yeah. me is quite a... That's a pretty neat idea. Um, just, just in terms of the, I guess, what, what, how do you think about the future for experience design and actually where it's going, and its role in the world? So, this is one that you know um, is 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 both a very strong interest, you know, personally, um, obviously because it's how I make my living, um, but also again in that kind of broader lens, I, I feel. Like, um, if we're doing our job the way we are, the way we should be doing our job, if we are making those impacts culturally within an organization, if we are embracing a generation, I should say generations now of folks that, that were born this way, that kind of understand um, and communicate in different ways, um, I think that our field, um, if we're doing it right, um, we shouldn't exist. And, and it, it sounds a bit provocative, but, you know, the, the, the need to have a strong advocacy for customer centricity um, feels like, again, it, it feels like it's, it's going, you know, getting a cup of sand on the beach and going and selling somebody on the, on the value of sand. Um, this is becoming more, again, and I think there's still going to be some, some years before this is, is fully entrenched. But I think that, over the course of time, there will always be a role and a need for someone to, you know, play a coordinating role, to play the, you know, whether it's a chief customer officer, experience officer, somebody that needs to keep a company um, aligned to this as they move forward in good times and in bad. But I think generally speaking, the skills, the, the execution skills of experience design professionals, um, I think are going to become more native to all roles that people are going to be that, you know, it's, 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 it's going to go without saying that a developer can't just code. They're going to need to, they're going to need to code that they're going to need to try to engage, you know, someone else in that. And there will still be, again, there's always going to be roles throughout an organization, but I think that you'll, you'll find that more and more, this is more native to a lot of roles within business, certainly within the IT space than, than they currently exist. Well, thanks for your time today, Ronnie. That's all, that's all I've got. But if you're cool, I'd like to get you back to talk about sort of other, um, other topics around experience design and experience design strategy. Thanks very much for your time today, Ronnie. Oh, happy, happy. Always happy.